Facebooks, everybody. New faces, new name, new theme, same team. I am Drake Kamikaze. And I am the Pat Wick. And this is the best podcast in the oh. world. The WK Experience. Coming at you live at the WK Warehouse. Sips coffee. Sips the coffee. How you been? How you been? All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the WK Experience. This is our NFL review slash preview show of the week. Absolutely. As always, we have to give a shout out to our advertisements. We'd like to give out a shout to Carter's Barbecue off Canal Street in 60 in Mulberry. Best barbecue in Polk County. Let them cater your parties. Let them cater your wedding events. Best boat. Best barbecue in Polk County, period, as well as Jurassic Services, your one-stop shop for leather cleaning. Yes, um, we'll give you more information on those guys a little bit later, uh, but today, but we today. are going to talk some football. <laughs> My favorite thing to talk about, obviously, I'm really excited about this, um, It's going to be our first review slash preview show of the 2019 NFL season. Uh, Sorry we're late to this party, but, you know, we had a few... We had a few uh, wrestling events we had to attend. We had a, you know, Friday 13th show we had to plan. Right, and it's just so hard to keep up with... The Joneses, so to speak. Everything, put out a show... You know, uh, try to make it as authentic as possible, you know, while still trying to, you know, work everyday life, you know, so. That's the hustle and grind we always hear about, my friend. Uh, this is the first of a few review slash preview shows now. This won't be a weekly thing, obviously, because. By no means, no means. We're going to give you a mouthful of plenty here at the WK Experience. Right. As always, I'm joined my tag team partner, Dre Kamikaze. I am yours, Pat Wick. Let's dive into some week two reviews, reviews my friend. Uh, first on the docket, uh, I have Baltimore, Arizona. You probably have Tampa, Carolina because, you know, the first thing they show you is your favorite team. So we could start with either or, you know. Uh, for me, this was a little bit of a surprise. You know, I, I went into... The second week, especially after your performance week one when you completely dominated the Dolphins. Going into this one, that I, I was hoping maybe the defense would dictate what Kyle Murley would do for you guys as far as the Ravens. Uh, but I was just surprised. You know, you got an output here of uh, 17 points by the Ravens by halftime, and you only have six by them. But then you have, a, a you know, then the, the offense doesn't necessarily take a step back, but it's non-existent in the third. Then you have this close game where it's, you know, so, hold, hold, 17, o- Offense non-existing for who? Well, you you put a, a big zero on the third quarter. Yeah, but did you watch the game? No. Because, all right, so. So, so explain to me why there's a zero here against the Arizona Cardinals. All right, right so it, there wasn't a situation where, so you said that you expected the defense to, to, to dictate this game. 
our defense actually did dictate how this game was played out okay. very well. Uh, now, the stats will show you that Kyle Murray threw for 300 and some odd yards, maybe 400 and some odd yards, actually. And Lamar only threw for 200 and something, you know. All right. But this game played out differently than the Miami game because if you look at the Miami game, Miami forced the Ravens to throw the ball, you know. Arizona saw what Lamar did to that Miami's defense, and they came out f- trying to force us to run the ball, you know. So what they did was they played a lot of cover three. So now we may not have scored a lot of points in this game, you know, because we didn't have the big play touchdowns to the speedy wide receiver. And I admit week one know. I was a little spoiled. Yeah. yeah. So what what happened was it was just a dif- different dis- defensive scheme that we played against. So it dictated when you run the ball, you tend to take a lot more clock, which right. would leave less opportunities to score. You know. So as far as the game played out, it was it was actually a tougher game for the Ravens than I expected it to be. So did I. Because so did I. I expected on defense for the Ravens to be able to dominate up front and to be able to get after Kyler Murray, but. Kyler Murray's elusiveness is something that you will not believe until you're actually watching it play out because there was a ton of situations where he should have been sacked and he was able to get away. You know, uh, credit to Kyler Murray's agility. But this game was never really in doubt for the Ravens. They ultimately led from, from their opening drive. You know, obviously they started out on defense. They were able to stop the Cardinals after a quick first down and you drive what had to be 90 plus yards you know for a touchdown in about seven plays so the big play potential was still evident with it, the way Greg Roman set up everything for the first drive leading into Lamar's touchdown pass to Mark Andrews because he was able to get three quick uh completions to Marquise Brown, and then on the last play of that drive, the touchdown play, he motioned uh, Marquise Brown from the left side of the slot to the right side on the outside as as if he was going to do a bubble screen. He faked the screen to him, and because he had already completed three passes to Marquise, the defense bit, and the two linebackers that was out there covering the tight ends came forward, and it left Mark Andrews wide open on the sideline, and Lamar a dime to him. Uh, you are seeing, of course, in the first two games, this uh, what you meant just mentioned that the you know he's utilizing he's utilizing everything. You know, the first game was the receivers, second game was the you know the tight ends, right. a little bit more, and, and the running game, obviously. Um, what this shows me, uh, Kamikaze, is that the Ravens can win a close <laughs> one. Yeah, that the Ravens uh, are going to just give games away. That they're going to be fighting. You know, from the week one where they they totally dominated the team to a week two. Or they, they could have, you know, they, they were, in my book, supposed to kind of run away with this, but they didn't, but they still found a way to win. Yeah. And my thing is, like, what this showed me is that the Ravens are coming at, at teams with multiple game plans. Correct. It's what are you going to allow us to do today? Are you going to allow us to run it down your throats and, and gain 400 yards on the ground? Or do you want Lamar to take take it over the top, you know? And however way the defense plays this Ravens offense, they're just gonna zag. You know, they're gonna do the opposite thing that you're defending against. You know, so 
It's a, this has me really excited for the future. You know, we have a tough game coming up next week with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll talk about that, that a little bit later. But this just shows me that defenses are going to have to come with multiple game plans to stop this team. And we're going to have to see a bunch of different looks because Ravens can do everything. They can run the ball effectively. They can pass the ball effectively. They put so many weapons around Lamar that this offense will go whether you want him to pass or you want them to run it, you know. Um, but, yeah, so. Well, it, it's exciting as a, as a, as, a uh, as your organization, you know, gets the key components that they get. You find yourself becoming excited every week because, like, you know, I mentioned, you're seeing the receiver shine. You're seeing the tight end. You're seeing the running game come through. And you're seeing this offense become better and better as every week goes along. They're right. figuring themselves out, like you said, where defensives can't really scheme one way or another against this Ravens right. offense. you got to come with multiple game plans. But Baltimore ended up taking that one 23-17, uh, holding on after a 41-yard strike from Lamar Jackson to Hollywood Brown on the final to- drive to, you know – Seal that win. Get used to hearing that connection for a while. I feel like that's a solid. If Marquise can stay healthy, I feel like that's solid. You know, punch right there for Lamar. He couldn't have asked for a better receiver coming out of the draft. Maybe my Miles Boykins. You know, but that I feel like that's just more more of a Homer Notre Dame pick. Well, I mean, they both they both were starting outside receivers, so that's pretty good. This being their rookie year. Absolutely. But on to Tampa Bay versus Carolina. Uh, This was a game that we watched together. Uh, This was what you would call a defensive battle. Absolutely. Absolutely. You uh, You saw Todd Bowles here kind of show you what he brings as far as his experience as as a highly talented defensive coordinator. Not necessarily a highly talented head coach. Right. But we've got one of those in Bruce Arian. Uh, Todd um, seems to have what a, ga- a, a game plan for his defense where he's like, got a lot of no-name talent. I but mean, the talent seems to shine very well on our Todd really system. It's not really a lot of no-name talent because uh, this Bucks front holds a lot of big names, actually, when you, when you, when you look at the meat of it. And then they are, they also, top tier? are they top tier, though? I'm, I'm not debating whether or not they're top tier. I'm just saying that the names are known. But the name that wrecked all of the havoc Thursday night wasn't one of the known names. It it was was Shaquille Barrett. It was Shaquille Barrett. That kid was always around the quarterback. Wherever the ball was, you saw Barrett's Barrett's jersey. Like Like, that's my one takeaway from this game, that you can love your Vita Veas and anybody else that you have along that front seven Dominican of that defense, and Dominican Sue, uh, Devin Bush, who right. actually left this game early with an injury. Unfortunately, but right. But anybody you want to name, you know, but the guy that, that, that produced the most for this defense in Todd Bowles was Shaquille Barrett. He was constantly applying pressure to Cam Newton, forcing Cam to not have time to throw to Curtis Samuel, who was running open in the secondary all game. And then you have Vernon Hargraves step up and make the play of the game, stopping Christian McCaffrey from gaining a first down or a touchdown that would have sealed the game for the Carolina Panthers. It was one of those moments when, when you, you've kind of been down on a player, which I have been on Vernon Hargraves' former number one pick we had at least three or four years ago, to make that kind of play, to kind of settle into what his new role is in Todd Bowles, which is uh, exciting. 
because you know we've had such a rich history here with the Bucks, where you know first round draft picks hadn't exactly worked out for us. But to me, this was a, a great defensive battle, more or less a field goal game. You had certain touchdowns with uh, uh, Godwin and Barber, but to me, this was a uh, this was a retro kind of Bucks game where field goals win the game for you and good calling, good defensive calling schemes win the game for you as well. But but I have to bring this up. Due to the fact that this was a divisional game, which I know the Bucks or any team in there when they play a division play hard, but I have to put an asterisk on this game, Comic Guys. I'll tell you why. Cam Newton, uh, injury prone, twenty nineteen season seems to have started now with the left or the right foot injury, and now you're seeing question marks of his ability to get the ball out, get the ball down the field, and to me, the soldiers still look suspect. So I don't look at this as much as a, a great win for the Bucks. Is that we found a way to win, even though the Carolina Panthers didn't bring their A plus team. I'm a firm believer that defense is defense wins championships, and as long as Jameis remains serviceable, which he was in this game, he didn't make a lot of mistakes to cost the Bucks the game. I don't even think he had a turnover, you know. But as long as Jameis remains serviceable, this defense can take you guys places, especially in the division that's going to be missing Drew Brees for about six to I was to just going to mention that. Just going to mention know, that. And the Falcons haven't been playing all that great. They got a win over the Eagles this week, which was marred by controversy. Correct. Because I think that should have been a block in the back called on the Falcons on that uh, game-winning touchdown drive. But – as far as Tampa goes, you know, this 20 to 14 defeat of the Carolina Panthers in the division is a big step is a huge step. Huge to, step in the right way. You know, po- potentially step. making the playoffs this year rather it be winning the division or as a wild card team. Truer words couldn't have been spoken, come guys, you're right. Cam's down, Drew Brees will be out for a, a 5 to 6 or it could be longer. It, it's it's us or the Falcons at this point. Right. I don't think Cam comes back with enough game towards the end to kind right. of I think that Christian right the storm. Christian McCaffrey will win them about three or four games. They'll have to, you know. But beyond that, I don't think you have much much of offensive talent that can take over and win games. You know, at this it's, point, it's going to be ta- it's going to be our ability to win games, close games. Because right, we're not we're not going yeah, to blow, blow anybody out. We're not going to blow teams James, out. It's it's the ability of Todd to call up the right kind of defense and. We have to have a little luck in there. We have to know. We have to know that the Atlanta Falcons are going to get back on the right step, and that that Dan Quinn head coaching staff isn't riding the ship, and that they're going to just hopefully, for our sake, uh, continue to struggle and formulate that high powered offense. Right, and then on to another divisional matchup between the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans. You know, these are one. Of, this is the. These are one of these games. It's a divisional game. Yeah. What was your expectation going into the game? With the Colts losing a close one to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Tennessee Titans coming off of a blowout of the Super Bowl darling Cleveland Browns, what did you think going into – what did you expect from this Indianapolis Colts-Tennessee Titans matchup going into the game? I wanted to look at it and see, you know, who the Texans – Titans. I'm sorry. No, I know the Titans are there. I looked at this two matchup, but I wanted to see who the best opponent for that division the Texans are going to have. Because at this point, you thought you were going to get something with the Colts with Andrew Luck going into the beginning of the season. Right. Obviously, the retirement going on. Then you see what the Titans do 
Um, in the first game against Cleveland, they utterly dominate them. You know, they, they, they make Baker Mayfield throw. Well, I don't know if they make, but, I mean, they, they get three picks in one quarter. So I like the, the positive. Quarter. The, the fourth or in a quarter. Yeah, the fourth quarter at that. So their ability to, you know, obviously get to the quarterback, get turnovers, was, was what I thought would make the difference in this game. But it wasn't that at all. I expected Tennessee to go into this game and prove that they they were the class of this division. Really? You know, I expected coming off of beating a dream team like Cleveland, like, come on now, you hire on your horse, we showed you that we like you can crown them all of that talk that they were I expected them to go in here. They were a hype driven team from the beginning of the season. Cleveland, I mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. I know, but uh, coming off of a win like that, I expected Tennessee to come into Indianapolis like, hey, we just beat the big the big dogs on campus, you know, like we ain't about to let a backup quarterback come in our home and beat us, you know. But, they, but the game plan hasn't really changed much. I mean, they have a serviceable quarterback. He's not Andrew Luck. Right. They have the same offense. But he, still, he was still a backup. Remember, right. going, going into the season, he was expected to be a backup. Right. So as far as mindset goes, I expected them to treat him like a backup quarterback. But what actually happened was Indianapolis went in this, went in this one and found a way to win the close one. Which I thought without Andrew Luck, they didn't have the ability to do. You know, because, you know, they went into the Chargers and they competed, but they lost a close one, you know. So I just thought that that was going to be the theme of their season. So I expected Tennessee to come in and show us what they were really made of. And maybe they really did show us what they were really made of, you know. I'm just saying it wasn't what I expected. I didn't expect Indianapolis to go in here and win. These you know, are this is did. one of those divisions that's just kind of like beat yourself up, try to survive. It, it necessarily doesn't just reciprocate to a playoff position, but these are one of the, the divisions that are just going to basically beat themselves up to oblivion. May have like kind of like the AFC North, and we're going to see who comes out basically the cream of the top because I mean this is only who did you think would go in. And prove to be bigger competition for the Texans. I honestly, or, or I honestly had to think the Colts because, like you said, they 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 lost a close one in in Los Angeles against the Chargers. And to me, there was a there was a light there. There was a positivity. We did lose, but we didn't lose. Back. We didn't get blown out. We didn't get the blown Chargers out. Are a talented we, roster. We, so. we 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 were competitive against a playoff caliber team um, that necessarily has most of their their components together, and we still played. We still performed. I feel like against a divisional opponent, the Colts may have had an edge here because they have performed well. It wasn't just a hype machine. Right, and they, they were coming off a loss, and the, the urgency after a loss is way higher Correct. than after coming off of a win. True you know? words there. So, buddy. I mean, I guess what should have happened happened, and that was Indianapolis still in a 19-17 win in Tennessee versus the Tennessee Titans. Wish I, wish I would have watched the game. Yeah. Wish I would have watched the game because it seemed okay. like one of those games that, you know, much we like... We watched the, so much football, we can't watch them all. Can't watch them all, but I, I liked what I saw, like, when the first week with the Texans and the Saints. I, I saw this game, and I was like, you know, it was one of those uh, one of those games where you hoped you would have saw. Yeah. And up next, we want to talk about uh, the Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. Um, what about this game surprised you? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. The, the, the Dallas Cowboys me. came into this game doing what they do, throwing the ball to Mari Cooper, getting the run game services of, uh, you know, Elliott and, of course, Pollard. Do you know that 
Amari Cooper isn't the Cowboys' leading receiver after two who, games. Who is the leading receiver? Michael Gallup. Malik? Second-year receiver. Really? Michael Gallup is the leading receiver. I think he has, like, 236 yards on the season after two games, which is pretty good for a second-year guy. So, once again, Jason Garrett's going to have multiple weapons. Okay. And I well, think- Michael Gallup suffered an injury, so I think he's out coming up this oh, next well. game. He's going to need require surgery for something. Oh, but it was just something that was interesting to mention because, like, Amari Cooper – Though he's he's producing, he's just not even the most productive guy on this Cowboys offense. Dak has some interesting weapons that people slept on all summer. I, I, I didn't hear anybody expecting Dak to come out after two games and, and already be in early talks for MVP. You know, it's the same situation with Lamar. So it's the only thing that surprised me in this game is that Washington was able to find a way to score 21 points. Well, that, 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 that's a surprise to me. And with the turnover you've seen so far this year, and as far as, you know, the quarterbacks have gone down, as well as the rookie quarterbacks that have started, and the two-year guys going in, when is uh, Jay Gruden going to pull the pick? Uh, I give it one more week. To Dwayne Haskins, yeah, of course. Yeah, Washington is 0-2 right now. If they go 0-3, maybe 0-4, we start hearing rumblings for uh, Dwayne, Haskins. Dwayne Haskins. And... What's actually gonna force that force that hand is the Giants choosing to sit Eli Manning and start Daniel Jones after starting zero and two, you know. And since we mentioned them, uh, Dallas went left uh, Washington with a thirty-one to twenty-one win, divisional win, of course, divisional win. We're gonna jump to another team in that division, the New York Giants, who lost to the Buffalo Bills at home. 28 to 20, I mean, 28 to 14. Which proving, once again, who is the real king of, of New York at this point? Uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> it's you, the only real New York team anyway. They 2-0. Well, I mean, the Bills, the, who did the, who was their first week, one week one opponent? Uh, the Jets. The Jets. The week two opponent was the Giants. At this point, it's, it's you know, king of the mountain. Right. You know, you but the, best the you Jets and the Giants, they New Jersey teams, in my opinion. So well, they're not even real New York teams. Right. But <laughs> unless, they, unless they start calling them the New Jersey Giants or the New Jersey Jets, I'm sorry. Bills are the new team. Uh, you've made a believer out of me, Kamikaze, with Josh Allen's uh, ability to win games. I mean. But is, is it the Giants' inability to process the facts that are in front of them, though? You know, Daniel Jones is, has always been the better quarterback since the preseason. And they just didn't pull the trigger. They let their pride get in the way of them, Kamikaze. If you st- so, first off, I've been on the Bills hype train all season so far. Uh, I'll look at their next week's matchup and tell you whether or not I think they're going to win. But I just I, I, even if Daniel Jones had started this game, I still would have picked the Bills because it wasn't quarterback play that I'm worried about. It's skill position. No, I agree. All they have is Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram at this point. Even if Sterling Shepard is playing, he's. Not himself because he's always on the injury report for whatever reason. You and know? even if Golden Tate Golden comes Tate back. Golden Tate is suspended. Right. So when he comes back, it'll change my opinion of the Giants. But as of right now, with what they're going out there as far as weapon-wise, uh, I don't care how good the defense or how bad the defense is or how good it could be, this offense isn't built to win at this moment. And Saquon will get you about one or two, maybe three games in the long run. But it won't come where defenses are fresh. It'll come where defenses are so beat down that Saquon's rushing for like 200, 250 yards. This is like the press. This is basically the example of like hitting reset on a, on a Madden game. 
and being able to get back to go get back to what you were doing as far as the original game. Daniel Jones gets to come in, and basically the Giants get to hit reset because now they've got an opportunity for a guy to show what he can do and bring along other guys on that ride. Right. I feel like he can get the ball out. He can make guys better, better than Eli could at this moment in his career. And I feel like if you do that, you are setting your team up for success. Now, granted, there are going to be bumps in the road. But I feel like Daniel Jones can get the guy's best ability all over the team. So you're not having to, so far, you know, rely on Saquon. But I get what you're saying. It's still going to be not enough because you're right. You do need skill positions. You don't need to work the ball. You can't just run the ball all day long. Right. And unfortunately, the defense isn't as good yet to get them the kind of ball return from their defense to get them more opportunities on offense. So to me, it's a good move that should have happened in week one. I'm glad the Giants are finally making that move, but to me, it's still Buffalo's the king of New York. Yeah, well, New Buffalo was going to go into that game and dominate, and they did exactly what I expected. 28-14. 28-14. Buffalo Bills. Uh, we can mention this, but we won't spend a lot of time on it. New England defeated Miami 43 to nothing. No Miami's su- tanking. No surprise there. No surprise New England's there. New England. Uh, yeah, so we'll... but, but we did see the, the resurgence of uh, Antonio Brown in this game. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to get into any, any Antonio Brown talk because that can, you know, take us the rest of the hour. Okay. So, uh, Pittsburgh and Seattle, we had a quarterback injury in this game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger will be out for the season after undergoing uh, elbow surgery. Uh, Mason Rudolph is dubbed to take the helm at quarterback for the Steelers. As you can see here in the Wicking Kamikaze compound, we're celebrating this Are you, are you this excited? Because I'm excited. Because this all but guarantees that the division is between the Cleveland Browns and the college Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> and I say that with sarcasm because... Everybody expects the Cleveland Browns to, you know, make some noise. Nobody expects anything from the Ravens. Well, now they probably expect it. But going do. into the season, nobody expected anything, you know. They called us a college offense. They said our running back, I mean, our quarterback was a running back. So, yeah, it's the Cleveland Browns division to lose at this point. And, yeah. Cleveland, oh, yeah. wow. It's the Cleveland Browns division to lose at this point. And Staying I wonder humble. if they're going to. If they're going to let the, you know, the running back playing quarterback take this one from them. Because, you know, Cincinnati is Cincinnati. I'm just glad that the final Killer B scenario is, is done and over with. I'm glad that I can look at Pittsburgh fans and they not shove Big Ben down my throat. That seems like that's what you always... You think Big Ben's career is over, don't you? I, I feel like where does it need to go from here? Uh, I, they have know. a certain... They, they seem to have... At this moment, we'll find out more from Mason Rudolph what his abilities are and things like that. But I, I just look at, at the organization. He's been with them over 10 years. Right. The, his style of play has, has unfortunately got him to this position where he's been banged up. A and lot he's played, lately. A and lot he's lately. played banged up. Yeah. But it gets to a point. He's 37, 38 in that, in that age range. I feel like if he took care of his body, this could be the end. But unfortunately, if you see any inkling of Mason Rudolph's success, you might see a trade option 
that Pittsburgh might throw out there. Right. Now, who wouldn't like... Right. It could out- be Flacco, Lamar all over again from last year, you know? Right. And it, it gets, gets to the point. Injuries young- moved Lamar up to the starting spot, and he just ran away with it. And what's interesting enough about that is, in this game specifically... Because, you know, I was watching my game on TV, and then I had the Red Zone showing me highlights of all the other games Absolutely. going around. Absolutely. Thank you to Dreamstream TV, which, you know, I have to thank a little bit later, too. Uh, but Big Ben was struggling in this game Absolutely. to move the offense. Juju hasn't looked like a number one wide receiver. And James Conner also went down with a knee injury in I'm not sure. I haven't. It's Wednesday already, and I haven't even heard an update. I've heard positive things on it. I don't think it's going to be. It's more like week to week at this moment. I don't think he's out indefinitely. I think it's more of a week to week. Because if he was going to be out for the season, we would have known that the next day. Well, I would have. At least it would have been like a headline. But but when Mason Rudolph came in, there there seemed to be like a little spark from this offense. Absolutely. You know, besides the ball that bounced off of Moncrease Trest, which I just think. The Steelers should bench him. I don't understand why they're not playing James Washington, especially if Mason Rudolph has to be his quarterback. They did play together at Oklahoma State, right? I think Washington should be the the reciprocal number two. I saw positive things out of him coming out of preseason. I know it's preseason, but even it, at the end of last year, he was surging, looking like a number two receiver. But I I I, I leave this game with this, and of course we know that the 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 Seahawks won this game twenty eight. 28, 28 to 26. 28 to 26, uh, which was a, you know, staff, uh, an amazing performance by Russell Wilson, proving again that he... he D.K. Can, Metcalf scored a touchdown. In D.K. That Metcalf scored a touchdown. Welcome to the NFL, son. Welcome to the NFL, D.K. Metcalf. And I always thought that if it was one quarterback that could make him look like he was a legit receiver, it would be Russell Wilson. So I'm glad that the Seahawks took him because I don't think on any other team, you know, he would be the number two option. But back to my point, okay. They they franchised and gave away not gave away but they traded their their their, their top tier running back correct well no they just gave him away he they walked just, away in free agency they just walked away in free agency they traded their their hall of, their future hall of famer the that they just the receiver that they just recently signed a big money right at that time so they they they've traded him away right what makes you think they have any 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 inclination to to keep Ben around. Even if he does come back, you know Mason Rudolph would have had a good Hall of Fame quarterback. He he would have had at least a good five or six weeks, maybe even more. Now, this is the end of the year injury for for Big Ben, right? What? Yeah, this is season injury. So it's you're gonna have in. a full season minus. So that's 14 games if you don't make the playoffs with Mason Rudolph. You're gonna get a healthy product of what Mason can do for your offense. Now, if you can get, you can be smart and get guys like Washington the ball and get Connor back into the game. And Juju somehow can find a way to be Juju like he was supposed to be, never was, without Antonio Brown. Am I right? Right. I think Juju is going to be a really good receiver. Uh, uh, I don't want to shit on him because of his poor Lack of a number two? Right. You know, like when you are the guy and the coverage is designed to stop you, somebody else has to step up to force the defense away from you so you can create plays. Juju is a great receiver. He's going to be a good number one as soon as they get another receiver that's competent beside him. Uh, But on to Jacksonville versus Houston. Uh, This was another divisional game. You know, damn, why is everybody playing divisional games so early except for the Ravens? I love it. 
I love it. This is the meat and potatoes of the league, my friend. This right. is, this I love is the divisional division. games, too. I wanted the divisional game early, too. Get, get it out of the way. Houston walked away from this with a lackluster 13-12 wins. Wasn't impressed. I expected more from Houston coming off of that tight game against the Saints. I did, too. And I did, too. And I don't want to say it was the Jaguars' defense, but what else can I say? Yeah, was well, it mistakes by Houston, maybe? Um, It's that offensive line. It's still not giving... Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson enough time to operate to get the ball out to his When they don't receivers. want to give certain defensive players money and they don't invest in offensive line, which a lot of teams have. I right. mean, you've seen Dallas go out there and spend money. Spend top, money. high draft picks, top dollar for their offensive line. I mean, like, football begins in the trenches. Good football begins in the trenches. If right. you don't have protection up front for your quarterback, you're not going to be a good football team. So, I expected when Andrew Luck retired for Houston to run away with this division. I did too. But well, with well, with the mindset that the Colts would maybe give him a run, right? Well, no, well, no. I I didn't expect Jacoby Brissett to be no, no, no. This, this is this is serviceable. Pre this is pre Jacoby. I still thought the Texans would come into this division this year. Oh, even with Andrew Luck. With Andrew Luck. Oh absolutely. yeah, with Andrew Luck. With Andrew Luck, I expected this to be the Colts division, honestly. So I'm not going to say I want I, pre- I, I would have predicted Houston to win this division if Andrew Luck hadn't retired. But after Andrew Luck retired, I expected Houston to run away with this division. And now, seeing that they still can't protect Deshaun Watson, even after trading for Laramie Tuntle, him having a week and a half to prepare for, for this opponent, uh, I think that... Houston is doomed to be a nine, a eight to nine win team, barely knocking on wild card. If you know it gets that easy in the AFC, which at this point it doesn't look like it's going to be that easy because the Bills are good. You know they can win ten games sneakily and still lose to the Patriots twice. Yeah. You know, uh, um, let me ask you a question: In this game, if they win, does uh, Doug Maroney and Jalen Ramsey get into it on the sidelines? Uh, yeah. Because losing wasn't what caused that confrontation. Wait, 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 wait. Jalen Ramsey stood up to the microphone and says, I- I'm here to win. Right, but losing isn't what caused that confrontation. Okay. What caused that confrontation was Jalen Ramsey expected to be shadowing DeAndre Hopkins this entire game. And Doug Marone changed the game plan and said, no, we're going to take you off of Hopkins for whatever reason, I don't know why, but that's what got R- Ramsey hot, you know. And showing, seeing what happened on the sidelines, showing players pull Marone away from Ramsey means that whatever Ramsey was upset about, he was in the right because the players were gravitating towards him on the sidelines, right? right. Like, like trying to keep their own um, Doug Marone out his face because what for whatever reason to that to. That tells me that whatever Ramsey was upset about, he, he was right. Well, I mean, it doesn't, the, from the looks of the score, it doesn't exactly look like Doug Maroney was, was that far off on taking Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it was only a 12-13 score. Right, so which means Doug- that whatever Ramsey – at that point, DeAndre Hopkins hadn't really produced anything but two catches for nine yards. You know, so when I'm being productive, stopping this, their, this which is their best receiver – uh, why would you change my role? You know, Ramsey is out here to compete with the best. He's out here to win against the best. You know, so he didn't want to be taken away from his role of guarding the team's best receiver, which 
I get coaching and I get schemes and I get following directions to achieve a team goal and stuff like that. So I don't understand a situation where Ramsey could have been right, but it just tells me that somewhere there's a disconnect that we don't know about that allowed the players to feel like however Ramsey was reacting was the right way to react to whatever he was reacting to. Are we are we seeing a problem here on week two already for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Uh, well, Ramsey has requested a trade, so yes. It's 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 amazing to see teams even by week two, and even for the Raiders on some aspects on week one, dealing with the Antonio Brown thing. And well, you're I seeing don't think more that... and more of those problems happening earlier in the season. It's it's concerned for me. I don't think these are in the same class. I think that the Antonio Brown situation is a unique situation. That I don't think it could be compared to a situation like Ramsey's because if if it's if it's a coaching disconnect here with Ramsey, that's different from whatever was going on with Antonio Brown in Oakland. Something about Oakland didn't sit well with Antonio Brown. He wanted out. He forced his way out. You know, Ramsey. It's been here for three years. You know, if he's unhappy with something, it's not something that's new. It's something that's been going on all. I mean, because we're time. talking about a team that was two years ago one of the best defenses in the league, and was you know the touchdown away from beating the Patriots. Right. You know, so whatever it is, it's eternal, and and it's been going on for a while. This mm-hmm. isn't nothing new. You, you know, know, it's unfortunate because, like I said, the team was knocking on the Patriots' door, getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. On to a game that finished way closer than I expected it to finish, and that's Minnesota. Versus Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Uh, this is one of the few home teams that actually won their game. Well, it's it's a divisional game, so to me it wasn't that much of a surprise. My surprise was that you see the Packers offense. Well, when you better. turn the game on and it's twenty-one and nothing in the first quarter, you mm-hmm. expect that the team with twenty-one to run away with it. Agreed. But somehow the Vikings found a way to fight back into it, and if it wasn't for what was that? Uh, a bad interception by Kirk Cousins in the back of terrible, the end zone. Terrible, terrible. Do you see that? Yeah, Double coverage I, I, in the corner? I, I don't understand what he saw on that play. Or It looked to me as if he was trying to throw it away. Maybe he was trying to make a Lamar-like play where Lamar mm-hmm. threw his receiver open in the middle middle did, of the end zone. But that looked it. bad. Did it you recall bad. that was like a fourth down situation? It was could a fourth down situation could, with the game on the line. With the game on So it's not like they could settle for a field goal or anything no, like that. No, they needed okay. that touchdown. But you're not seeing the, the the dollar amount that they gave Kirk Cousins kind of reciprocate to the field. Well, when I think about it, they really didn't pay him an awful lot. They just guaranteed every dollar. What did, which at the time though was a big deal. Am yeah, I right? but it was it, it was at a time where you were where where everybody was anticipating that the quarterback market was about to shoot up anyway because you had guys like Aaron Rodgers coming up for a contract. Uh, Matt Ryan ended up with a new contract, you know. So it was some important guys coming up with for contracts. So that number was always gonna explode anyway. So what Kirk Cousins ultimately received was a discount, you know. At this point, and so I, my thing is, it, it's if Kirk doesn't throw that interception, and if Kirk was the type of quarterback that should have been the martyr for. Guarantee contracts for quarterbacks, then he should be a guy that can make make a play in that situation or find a way to get the ball in in better position for his receivers to make a play. Because what he did was he threw threw a prayer up and the defense answered. 
And it's the second week in a row that the game ended for the Green Bay Packers on a defensive stand that resulted in a turnover in the end zone. You know, first it, week we had safety Adrian Amos uh, closing the door on his former team with a pick in the end zone. And then this week we had Kevin King catch an interception. If you're the Packers, you're looking dangerous. You're, oh, looking, yeah. you're looking at that division. You're saying we can beat the Bears. I remember going we can into beat the, the Vikings. I remember going into the season, and they that was back to back division games that they won. That is correct. I, they just pointed that out to me. I didn't realize that. But I, we were going into the season, and I was hearing people say, "Well, the Packers don't have a really good defense." And I've been saying, "Well, we don't know if the Packers don't have a good defense because they invested a lot of money on some decent players that." If they mesh well together in a good scheme, and Mike Patton's their defensive coordinator, great defensive coordinator, Correct. you know, then the Packers could have a good defense. And they're showing that the Packers have a good defense. And the last time the Packers had a good defense, they won a Super Bowl. Well, and they sort of kind of held on to players that necessarily were, were, were faces, but there were faces, and that's why they held on. But you can't tell me that Clay Matthews, towards the last part of his Packer career, was uh, a defensive presence. No, he was he was a bad def- he he was bad for the he was a liability for that defense Absolutely. towards the end. Absolutely. And it was better that they moved on from cuz they it opened up some money for them to get key guys like Preston Smith, Darius Smith, and like I said, eight bring Adrian Amos in in that secondary. And with Jair Alexander in his second year, this defense is looking pretty good. With what you've seen so far Going into week three, obviously we're, we'll be touching base on that here in a little bit. Are you still upset with the Packers for not playing Aaron Rodgers for a preseason? Yes, because even though you've seen the the offensive production go from one score up to you know getting Green better, Bay had twenty one points in the first quarter. Thank you, and no offense offensive production throughout the rest of that game. Now, I expect them to... But 21 points in the first half. First quarter. First quarter is, is, a, is, is a push. It's good, but when something like that happens, then you're basically catching a team off guard in some, some sort of fashion. So, yes, the fact that they gave the Vikings an avenue to come back into this game and potentially win this game, I don't think you can continually be successful because you're not going to always play a Kirk Cousins. Sometimes you're going to play a guy like, uh, let me say, Russell Wilson, who can make a play in that situation and score that touchdown to win that game and steal that from So, no, I'm not fully comfortable with the offensive performance, but I feel like that's just something that more reps, more... Of course. Will, will, ...will fix over time, but if you have those reps in a preseason versus in the first quarter of the season, then you can come off the... The, come out the gate smoking teams, and then there's no question whether or not you are a playoff team or or whatever. We just mentioned something earlier as far as the Ravens holding on to the game in, in Arizona. Not necessarily holding on, but but the prove, their defense proving, you know, we can hold on to wins like this. Packers showed me the same thing. But it you, wasn't – and these games were won in different situations. But they, you just said 21 points in the, in the first quarter, right? Right. End up winning the game 21, uh, 21 to 16. 16. So the defense did its part. You had an offensive output of 21 points in the first quarter right. where the Vikings didn't score anything, right. right? So then you have your defense that holds on to that score because obviously now the Vikings have made changes right. defensively. Right, but that's one game. I'm saying if you put a different quarterback 
in that situation, a playmaking guy like a Russell Wilson, maybe even a Ben Roethlisberger if he was healthy, or Drew Brees, or even a Deshaun Watson in that situation who can find a guy and get the ball to him. I feel like Green Bay didn't win that game. I feel like Kirk Cousins lost that game because he had a chance with less than four minutes left in that game to put a touchdown on the board that would have gave them the lead and force Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay Packers offense to have to score in a situation where they haven't been scoring for three quarters, you know. How many offensive weapons does Aaron Rodgers have, by the way? Not, not, not a lot. Adams, right? Not a lot. Right. But so I'm making that point. We'll move on to the next game because I know we're But that's what worries me, you know. I, I'm saying if they don't get out to a 21 nothing lead early on, they don't win this game. If the Vikings make one stop in the first quarter – they don't. The Packers don't win this game, and yet we see them in a, in a two nothing lead in the division already. Right, you know. So I feel like winning. There's... Winning is important. That's the most important thing. Correct. But I also think you have to look at how a team wins to try to gauge expectation. You know, if if the Ravens don't dominate the Dolphins week one. Everybody's concerned about what's been going on in Baltimore this entire offseason. Okay. You know, but since they dominated the Dolphins in week one, which they were supposed to do, then everybody's like, oh, shit, well, maybe this team is for real. You know, even though it was the Dolphins, you know. Or if uh, Pittsburgh beats Seattle with Mason Rudolph, maybe people's more confident that he can – take this team somewhere other than just, you know, to possibly only eight wins, you know. And I think that's being generous at this point, you know. Or if Cleveland don't get smoked by Tennessee, maybe people aren't questioning whether or not all of the hype was, you know, legitimate or maybe it's just like, you know, people blowing smoke under something that can't – it's just I feel like you got to look at the way you win – and what's going on in the games, and only having only finishing this game with twenty one points after having twenty one points after the first quarter doesn't excite me about Green Bay. It excites me about the defense because they found a way two weeks in a row to make a play to clinch a win, you know. But for the offense, right. defensively, but right. for the offense and Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't make me say, okay, well, them leaving him out of the play out of the preseason is justified because they're still winning because they're not winning because of him in retrospect they're winning because of the defense great great point but i'm just gonna say this name me the three other teams in the nfc north you've got the bears you've got the vikings and you got the detroit lions right anything about that division scare you after two games the vikings the vikings scare me because they are one and one which is a lot better, which which is not two and zero oh, like the Green Bay Packers, but they do have a good defense as well, you know, and their defense will win them some games just like Green Bay's defense is winning them some games. If you allow, if you allow it to happen, then you know, Kirk Cousins has weapons to. Yes, he has Blow great up. weapons. Thielen, Diggs, Cooks. You know? I mean, the guy's got weapons. Yeah, so like... So for him to go to double coverage in the end zone on a fourth quarter, I mean... 
that could have been like we 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 really have to dive into the the film with that because that could have just been a bad play design. It could have been a situations where a receiver got confused and was in the wrong spot. Anything. To us, it looks like Kirk Cousins made a bonehead decision and a, a bad play. He sounds it, like he didn't make guaranteed money play. Right. And I agree, but that's just off of first glance. You know, when you dive into it, it could have been something different. You know, we don't know. Somebody could have been holding a receiver or something. Maybe he was trying to get a call. Like, it, it's a bunch of different things that could happen in, a, in, in one little play that could have happened, which we don't really know because we didn't dive into that game too well to know whether or not you know it was Kirk Cousins or where was that but yeah you're right he has too many weapons to even need a play like that thank you to win the game I mean, even, even if you have a 50% and, Kyle Rudolph you still have a, a right, big target a Kyle there. Rudolph on this team that we didn't even mention but yeah so the Minnesota Vikings with all of those weapons they could click like that and take off with this division as well you know 2-0 and isn't I mean one win, one game ain't ain't a lot to come back from, you know. No, I get that. I just like the position the Packers are in with oh, two, in a great position with actually. two wins and those two wins coming in the division. When I'm, when I'm looking at the division, obviously they've already beaten the Bears, the and Bears the and the Vikings. They might sweep the Lions because they aren't. I mean, if you good. look at the Lions, they're not they're not, not necessarily anything to kind of you Bears know, don't have about. a quarterback. So it's a very winnable division yeah. for the Packers at this point. Packers probably win this division, and if I was a gambling man, I would put all of my money on Green Bay to win this division. I'm just saying that just the division, though. Right, just this division. Not you know, because they're not a playoff game. I not think, the Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I might be willing to put some money on Green Bay making it to the Super Bowl. Winning it is different because I think the AFC is tough. You hear that, Vegas? Make sure you call Kamikaze. Make sure he's got his uh, bed in. Off uh, to Los Angeles and the aforementioned Detroit Lions. So we got the Los Angeles Chargers at the Detroit Lions, and the Detroit Lions snuck away from a close one with a thirteen ten win. Surprise of the week to me. Surprise, of, Surprise the of the week to me. If you look at what Chargers have been able to do season out of season is make normal guys into great guys. Surprise of the week for me was the New Orleans and Los Angeles game. Well, no, not because that wasn't a surprise. Because if you if you if you look at the the win loss record when Drew Brees has been playing against when he has been hurt, it's yeah. night and day. Yeah. So that team revolves around Drew Brees so but much. I think that game turned on a bad call. If the referees do not blow the ball dead, thinking it was an incomplete pass on what, on what was a scoop and a potential score, because he was going to score. Jordan, you mean? Yeah, Cam Jordan was going to yeah, score. Right. Uh, that wiped the whole touchdown off the board. Which which probably scooped up a lot of that motivation. They changed, oh, shifted momentum. So I Agreed. think this game could have been different. So that was the biggest surprise that coming off of that pass interference thing that the Saints would get screwed by the referees again, you know, or make it appear that they were screwed by the referees. I don't want to dive into that propaganda because I it's, it's just that propaganda. But, uh, yeah, so Los Angeles – Lost to the Detroit Lions. Shame on you, and it's, Los Angeles. It's a shocker, though. It's Shame definitely a shocker. It's just not my biggest surprise. Well, you know, you you saw that secondary and what it what it was able to do last year, and you thought, you know, weapons wise, what does Matt Stafford have? He's got a potent offense, uh, uh, offensive, you know, presence when it comes to passing the ball. I don't think the running game is there like they 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 thought they were. They obviously, they're getting through the theoretic and you know name on and name on, but. 
it just to me was a big surprise because you thought the Phil you thought the Philip Rivers was going to come into the season much like a lot of these 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 tenured quarterbacks and then just get after it. I mean, he gets into every season towards the end and you see him going to the playoffs and you wonder if this is going to be it. To me, hopefully this is a big slap in the face for Philip Rivers and he gets off that horse and I gets on like another we're win. We're finally at that time where that generation of quarterback, the great ones, are going to phase out and we're going to have the new younger generation take over as the top names. I've said that for years about Philip and he's always he's always proving me wrong. Yeah, well, it's just it's all happening but this year it's all happening to them all at the same time. Eli's bench Roethlisberger out for the year. Phillip Rivers not playing well out the gates, you know. So, Drew Brees is injured. You know, he's in that generation, too. So, it's just like it's all happening for all of them at the same era. Tom Brady's in a different yeah, yeah, stratosphere, yeah, so I, we're not even going to include right, him. Right, I wasn't going to even mention him. <laughs> but, yeah, so I just feel like the Lamar Jacksons, the Patrick Mahomes, the Baker Mayfields, the Josh Allens, the Kyler Murrays are going to start being that next top tier of quarterback providing they all continue with the minimal success that they've had so far. And, and my, my hat's off to Matt Patricia getting a win against a, a, a twenty or 2018 playoff team. Right, yeah. Good you know, job. It's a good step in the right direction. Uh, next we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals, bungled or bungled as we like to say. Uh, Andy Dalton proved why he's the prime meridian because week one he can have a phenomenal game. Still lost, but Correct. He had a phenomenal game. Right. And then week two, lay a stinker like this, you know. The 49ers defense, we all I knew going into the season was gonna be its 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 point of, you know, focus because you saw Jimmy G you kind of knew what you're gonna get in with that six week period. After injury, of course you you don't see anything after until this year. But I thought going into this year, John Lynch had drafted the, this defense so well that they were going to come into this season with a real chip on their shoulder defensively. And I wasn't sure what they're going to give me offensively for what they have available. But you're seeing this team under Kyle Shanahan figure its way out. And a win's a win's a win, but 41-17, I like, I like what I see. This is one of the teams that when we did our Who's Not Making a Playoff uh, show that we said wasn't gonna make the playoffs but uh, my only my only excuse for that is that we're only in two games right we don't know what we're gonna see, see for jimmy but that, that for a long game that was season. my question though that was my i was setting up a question i was gonna ask you should we go back and mulligan the 49ers off of two games and say that hey this team will make the playoffs i'm not gonna give them credit for the Bengals. I'm not going to give them any credit for the Bengals because the Bengals are the Bengals. Right. But yeah. the Bengals are a surprisingly good team. Like, I don't understand why people bury the Bengals. I mean, why, why, why do I bury the – you want to know why I bury the Bengals? Because they always bangled or bungled. Do, I, I understand it. I understand okay, okay. it. I, was I understand saying, it. I was trying to figure out your I question. I understand it. I just – with all of the talent that's surrounding Andy Dalton, I always expect the Bengals to be like this surprise team to come out of nowhere. Even though, you know, I always obviously hope against it because they're in my division, but I always expect it. Now, A.J. Green is going to come back. Was going to be my next question to you. You know, so... Is he the next big receiver out there that requests a trade? Seems to be the hot thing to do nowadays. Uh, this, this, I mean, I'm wrong. Do you want to be known as a great 
wide receiver on a terrible team. AJ Green is one of those guys that if he requested a trade, I'd be on the Twitter like, oh, the Ravens need to go get him. He's definitely one of those guys because he puts his head down, he goes out, he does his job, he does his job really well. You know, Jalen Ramsey's on the trade block right now. I don't want the Ravens to touch him. And we need a cornerback at this point. We're down two of our starters. You know, so we need a cornerback at this point. But I, I don't even want to touch him. We don't need no receivers. But I would still say, damn, this is a guy where he could be game-changing, you know. I mean, he's already, stat-wise, he's he's among one of the you know, the top tens in the league. Obviously, going into this season, he was injured. But, the, you know, if I know big-tier receivers, I know that they want to go on a winner. They want right. to be a part of a winner. Right. You want to win a Super Bowl. You, want, you can't be a diva if you're not winning. Right. Not that he's too much of a diva. I think he's the right amount of diva. But it's just one of those those players that I want to see move to somewhere else. Right. Uh, finished up with the Bengals 49ers at this point. Yes. We can move on to the Kansas City Chiefs and the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Before we do that, I want to mention that the the Brady tree seems to be growing very well at this point. Okay. Jacoby. Jimmy G, Tom Brady. Right. So far, maybe the leaves have fallen off the tree that needed to, but the leaves that have stayed have, have, have done pretty good for their team so far. Yeah. But I digress. On to the next game, Kamikaze. Uh, let's talk Chicago and Denver. Chicago. This was a game with some controversy at the end of it. There was a bad rough in the pastor call at the end of this game, which gave, which gave Chicago, first off, the rough in the passer call, that tackle was a clean tackle, was not rough in the passer. Thank you, Kamikaze. Uh, we are not playing a flag football or a touch football. Are, 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 are we? Are we? Because, are we? Are we to the point where we talked about earlier this week about putting sensors on jerseys and just letting guys I feel touch like them? I feel like at this point we're gonna have to we're gonna have to break out the science the science because you cannot do anything to help your team win against these quarterbacks that isn't going to get called at this point. And Vaughn Miller, I feel so sorry for you because it seemed like it's always you. You know, but there was a bad rough in the passer call which in which the clock expired on the play, but because of the pen- penalty, the Bears were awarded a one second on the clock to kick a game-winning field goal, which, oh, is the biggest surprise of the game. They actually made it. They actually made the field goal, <laughs> but but back to your point, when are we gonna when are we gonna see this done better? I mean, you're seeing so many times, and depending on how you land and how you don't land, what area you grab, what area you don't grab, there's always this gray area or question mark. You know, was it that bad of a hit? It's too much gray area for a judgment call. Because, I mean, you're getting quarterbacks taking acting lessons out there, right? It, that, and that's my thing. And not just not just the quarterbacks. I think it was week one. I saw a kicker that was, you know, granted he was he was hit after he kicked the ball. Right, but the theatrics but after the the- getting touched, correct, is, is, is over the top. Was over the top. It getting to the point where I'm not sure if I'm watching football or if I'm watching European soccer with yeah, the Yeah, I was dancing with the fucking stars or some shit. Thank you. But yeah, uh, sixteen to four. Uh, sixteen to fourteen. I believe that Joe Flacco and the Denver Broncos won this game. Uh, the referees gave this game to the Chicago Bears. Uh, just like the referees gave the Los Angeles Rams a dub. Uh, so let's continue on what you're saying. So you're saying the, the Broncos should be 1-1 one one at this moment. I right. agree. And the Bears should be 0-2, which right. further um, glorifies my point earlier. By Aaron Rodgers. And about Aaron the Rodgers. Packers. 
And the fact that this the Bears division is the team I'm worried about in that division competing with the Packers. It's mm-hmm. the Vikings. But, you know, just to my point, like, Matt Nagy, you, you, I felt like you had something. And yeah. I don't know what, if you're losing it now. Like, I, I, Grant, I want to give everybody the, the, you know, benefit, of the, the benefit of the doubt. It's only two games in the season. But I'm not liking what I've seen with Mitch. I'm not seeing the justification of picking him up that early out of North, uh, North Carolina. It was definitely a reach. Uh, it, you trade up to draft the University of North Carolina quarterback. With, you're probably reaching anyway. With I believe at that time it was 12 to 13 starts under his belt. Right, yeah. Not even enough to say, oh, this is our guy. But Andy Reid found Patrick Mahomes from a school that you don't expect a franchise quarterback to come from. So I guess... But but I mean Patrick Mahomes' defense, he had genetics. Yeah, he's got a he's he's got a mother yeah, and a father that, that was in athletics. He was a former baseball player. We've seen a lot of success from guys, John Elway, um, you know, different guys out there. I mean, I would hate to say Jameis Winston has success, but he's had some success. He's had some four thousand five hundred. He's also had a baseball background. Yeah, but Mr. Bisky just he looks like from, a deer in headlights. From year to year, he looks like he's regressed. Well, that's, and that's why I've been a big advocate, and still to this day, I'm not going to say yay or nay on quarterback until two years. And right now, I'm going with the nay on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it's, it's, def- it's year three, and you still can't take command. And we talked about this in the opening week. It's time for Mitch to take command. He can't do it, so I, I'm, I'm out on him as being a franchise quarterback. I, I think he's, he's a backup, but not a franchise. He's a glorified backup to me that, that somehow got paid you know, because of where he got picked. He's not paid yet. They still have to make a decision. Well, I I feel like he still got first round money. Well, yeah, but okay. they they okay. still have to make a decision on whether or not they want to make him paid. What we consider paid for a quarterback. But up next we have the Atlanta Falcons and the Philadelphia Eagles, which also was marred by controversy, but this time on a non call. Which I don't know who else saw now, this. Now explain this to me, because you saw this play and you picked up this. You picked up what happened behind what the actual play was. Now, so, now describe to the the fans at home what, what you so saw. So there was a key block that was made on the play that's on the bubble screen that sprung Julio Jones for his touchdown. Fifty four yarder, correct. Fifty four yards, correct. Okay, but that block was in the back of a def- of an Eagle defender and. Nine times, ten times out of ten, when I'm watching football, blocking the back, automatic never fire. gets missed. Never gets missed. Correct. The one time, it's so obvious, and the and the referees right there in plain sight. It's getting. I'm starting to believe these referees are ignoring calls. You know, because like it was so obvious. Like he, the the dude, literally turned around and pushed the defender in the back, and the defender could have made the play on Julio that would have stopped him. I've mentioned you sometimes, and I hate to change references here, uh, when it's come to two uh, baseball umpires. They have a wide strike zone. They have a tight strike. You know, it, I think it's resonating now with NFL refs. What they do, what they don't call. What's too heavy of a tackle, what's too light of a tackle. Right, because you it, call DeAndre Hopkins on a unnecessary roughness penalty for German suplex him. Now... I don't have any issue with the guy picking somebody up and dropping him to tackle him because sometimes you it was just a have to. Play. Sometimes was... you have to. So I don't really take issue with that, but I do take issue with a play that's obviously against the rules being ignored, and that's what we had here. This was a play 
a, a block that was obviously against the rules, and it was just completely ignored because I know the referee saw it because I saw it, you know, and I need four hours, sometimes six, to see things, you know. So it, 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 there's no excuse for that. It, it, it It's, you know, what kind of picking up what you said, it, it's, it's to the point now where referees are able to dictate what plays they're going to call and what plays they're not going to call. Right. And, and unfortunately, if it doesn't come from the booth, they may not call it. Right. And, and it's unfortunate because, you know, the referees at this point, a lot of points, they've dictated games. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to be a zebra, but if the referees, are, I mean, if the NFL is looking to hire referees, I know the rule book <laughs> in and out. Like, come holler at me, you know. You can find me at mh 92 business at gmail.com if now, you're trying to hire me. Now, now could you could you sprint 54 yards to make that that the touchdown pose as a referee on that last play? I with, mean, I mean, 54 I'm pretty yards. sure I'm pretty sure these referees aren't getting paid nothing. So, if they paying me whatever they paying them and not going to be that close to the game, I'll sprint however long you need me to sprint. Okay. I'll I find mean, a win for it. Cuz some of these refs, man, they're cut, man. Yeah. You know, they, especially the ones over under the, over the middle. I ain't afraid know? of the gym, you know. I ain't a permanent resident, but I ain't I afraid you. of the gym. I got gotcha. you. Let me tell you that. But uh, so this next, leaves us with our Monday night game, right? No, well, we still got Kansas City, Oakland. Oh, Kansas City, Oakland. Kansas City, Oakland, and I wanted to save this second for last because our boy Patrick Mahomes who going into Arrowhead next week has me scared. He's the one guy that's breaking my two-year rule. Dude threw four touchdowns in one quarter. For all your fantasy buffs out there, the guy scored over 100 points on fantasy in my league. Now, I don't recall or I don't even know if there has ever been a 100-point score. Right. I don't know. I haven't been in the league that long. Shouts out to Corey, you know, the coach. For drafting Patrick Mahomes in our league because 100 points from one player, and I don't know if Corey won his matchup. He did this not week, win his matchup. But that's freaking incredible. Four touchdowns in one quarter, that's freaking incredible. You know? The hats goes off to the, the general manager who drafted Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, who scouted him, uh, for the ability for the organization to know that even though it's a guy from Texas Tech, which um, historically – haven't vaunted very well in in the uh, in the NFL. Johnny right. Manziel was a product of Texas Tech at one time. Right. You know, you had a lot of guys coming out of there with that flashy offensive system. You know, my hat's off to Patrick Mahomes. You know, you've got a guy that is the future of this league. You know, he's the guy that's going to probably take over for 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 Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. Right. And it, it sucks that he's in the AFC, and my team has to go through him again. But I like Lamar and what he can do. But I do respect everything that Patrick Mahomes has put on film. And this is – what what it is for me is just that it's not a fluke. Like, this kid is this good. He got know. over 50 touchdowns last year. 50 is that touchdowns, yes. So the projections that I saw as up to week two, if he continued this pace, he'd be over 6,500 yards with about 60, 63 touchdowns. Yeah, that's incredible. Double, I mean, back-to-back wide receiver or back-to-back MVPs. Uh, I mean, at that point, I mean. I'm hoping Lamar gets it, but Patrick Mahomes is going to be the measuring stick for that. Well, we know one guy that's not going to probably get it, and that's Drew Brees. Well, yeah. Which is unfortunate. But I (laughs) How is this guy not an NFL MVP at this point in his career? It's baffling to us here, so we'll probably reference the fact that Drew Brees don't have it have an MVP a lot because we are completely baffled by that. 
And let us know what you think about that. Do you think Drew Brees should have already All right, had? hit us up on Facebook, The Script Podcast, uh, Twitter, at the WK Script. Any questions, any uh, comments, any takes, any bold predictions, anything that you want put out there, we'll talk about it here. You just want to bitch at us about yeah. something. Go right ahead. Yeah, tell us how poorly we produce this show. You know, we can take it all. But the final game on our docket is the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. The Mono Bowl. The Mono Bowl, we'll call it. Uh, um, Cleveland looked like they had Mono out there playing against this Jets team. Like, how do you not completely dominate this team, like, as such as the Ravens and the Patriots did to the I'll give you two words. Why Dolphins? They did I'll give you two words. Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. Cost them at least two different drives where they could have ended that. With some bad penalties. With some bad penalties. So I feel like if, if Miles Garrett's not doing this team, this game could have easily been 30 to 34. 533 scoring range because you have the final score being 2320. Now the Jets obviously did what there was there we knew what that was going to happen without Sam Darnold. You know, they brought in two different quarterbacks at the end of the game, you know, with one being down and Trevor Simeon out for the season now with an ankle yeah, injury. That shit was crazy. And we saw a folk which we thought was at the one time was the what, what there was another folk a while back, that used to be here, Nick Folk. Oh yeah, but it was it, it's the Luke Folk. Luke kid. Folk kid. So I don't know if there's any relation to that, but the Jets right now you need to get their quarterback in line, and whatever he's doing off the field, whoever he's kissing, whoever he's drinking out, just stop it. He's the first quarterback I've seen in years to ever get mono. I don't even want to ask why. Maybe he's hanging out with Jimmy G's friends. I'm not too sure. But the Browns, to me, picked up to where they were supposed to do in the first game. They came in, won the game, not necessarily pretty. They dominated lesser. They didn't. Well, they didn't dominate, but they beat lesser competition. But they won the games they were supposed to win. Yeah. Well, they won one of the games they were supposed to. Win. Well, in this game specifically, right? They should have beaten Tennessee, but they came in with too much hype. But this was definitely one of the games on their list that they could win. And they did just that. Right. They won the so, game. So, hats off to the Browns for winning that game. The division still belongs to the Ravens. Um, unless you guys want to be the team that you're supposed to be and come take it from us. Because Pittsburgh's done. The Bengals are the Bengals. Uh, now or never, Cleveland. Now or never. Oh, uh, baby, it's That's it for the review portion of this podcast. And this is going to be an extended episode because we're going to come with our week three previews. Up next, but first we're gonna take a break. Smoke.